0: Thank you for tuning in to The Victory is Greater Than the Struggle in Ex-Lesbian Podcast with myself, your host, Jessica Newsom. Today I have a special guest, Bethany, um, who's going to be sharing a little bit about her story. I'm super, super excited. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself, my friend, what church you go to, and I guess a little bit about your testimony so we can jump right into it.
1: Uh, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here with you and to uh, get to share a little bit of my story. Uh, my husband Boone Tyson and myself, we uh, moved to the Rio Grande Valley in about three and a half years ago. We we're working with the church, River of Life Fellowship, and Boone does uh, real estate on the side, and I do personal training uh, on, on the side as well. And so, yeah, that's a little bit about us so far. Awesome,
0: awesome. Okay, what about um? I well. One time uh, I was at River of Life Fellowship Church, and I love the church, it's absolutely amazing. Uh, And you were actually giving a message and you were sharing a little bit about your testimony and just how God totally just came through uh, in the midst of those different struggles that you've had. And I know that for us, um, this podcast is mainly about homosexuality and the struggle with it. But at the same time, we all struggle with different areas in our life And sometimes those struggles are so heavy, it just seems as though God is not in the midst of it. It seems as though God's not showing up and that he totally forgot about us uh, or that the whole miracle signs and wonders maybe works for everyone else, but it's not working for us. Can you share a little bit about your testimony um, and how God worked in that and through that? Yeah, sure. Uh,
1: So about two years, or sorry, five years ago uh, in 2014, uh, Boone and I had been married about two years, and we were we had a landscaping business, so I was working outside all the time. And he had he has the cold source. Mm-hmm. so uh, the herpes simplex one virus, and so it causes cold sores in him, uh, like in his nose and different things. But for some reason, that virus actually uh, manifested in my right eye. And so due to being outside of the landscaping and the virus, it created a ulcer in my eye and that ulcer i obviously went to the doctor the doctor the first doctor i went to gave me a highly toxic medicine and then on top of that prescribed a steroid which you're not supposed to prescribe a steroid and so that steroid actually increased the virus and then they upped the dosage of the toxic steroid or the toxic medicine which honestly not even third world countries use this medicine Wow. And so that medicine ended up chemically burning my eye. Oh. And we didn't know the full effects of it. And so we actually traveled to Croatia for a mission trip. But due to the air pressure of the plane, uh, it exploded the virus within my eye. So the day I got back from Croatia, um, we I went into surgery on an amniotic stem cell sac because the layers of the cornea of my eye were starting to... Uh, disintegrate basically and that toxic medicine caused uh, my stem cells to go dormant and so there's no new life being created to reestablish like the cornea Mm -hmm. and so through that I was basically bedridden for about from that was from August 1st to all the way to, to December so I was bedridden they did six to seven different procedures I was kind of a guinea pig on some of the procedures uh, that they're doing with, like I'm, eye, eye amniotic stem cells, and so through that I pretty much was bedridden, um, couldn't really do anything. Had to stay in the dark because any type of light uh, caused actually my left eye, which was my good eye, to shut.
0: Oh and wow! So,
1: so there was times I was blind sometimes, and uh, it was a really crazy experience. They were they were really nervous for me to do any type of activity because they were afraid the the layers of my cornea had gotten so thin that my eye actually would rupture. And so long story short, the eye ended up rupturing in December, and we had to do a cornea transplant. And it was actually a miracle that it even worked. It was actually... I'm all staring at your (laughs) eye now. I'm like, how does that work? Uh, My goodness. So we ended up getting to save my eye. It was honestly an experiment to be... Tell you the truth, well, and uh, when the eye ruptured, um, the surgeon that we went to see was in the middle of the night, around like 10:30 at night, and he uh, basically my eye started to deflate back into itself, and so they were afraid the virus was going to get back into the optical nerve, which would have totally ruined my eye, and they would have to taken it out, and so he basically helped had Boone pry open my eye, and they surgically. I uh, used surgical glue and Shut burned up. the surgical glue, glue with, like, a little torch and painted it over my eye. And it actually caused the virus to not move back there. And so it totally saved my eye. So the next day I had the surgery. Let the me ask point. you a question.
0: <laughs> okay, let me ask you a question. So you said that on the flight it exploded. The flight to? Or the flight Yeah, the flight
1: to Croatia caused the virus, just I got extremely dehydrated, was extremely
0: sick. How much pain were you in <laughs> while you were there? I assume people prayed, uh, and then I guess nothing happened. How did that make you feel as a Christian, like a follower of Christ, when you're going through this and you were there for, what, maybe a week?
1: Yeah, we were there. We were actually supposed to go to a—we uh, were in Croatia. We were actually supposed to go to an island and camp. But we ended up having to join a different team uh, that actually was in like a retreat center. And I could not participate in the camp at all because I was in a lot of pain. And I couldn't open my left eye until about three hours after waking up because it just, the pain was so bad that it would cause my left eye just to automatically shut. And, uh, but what's crazy story about that is one girl actually had, a soul and ankle and she came up to me one evening, I could participate that that evening, I was feeling good enough, and ended up praying for it and she actually got healed. And so it was one of those moments I was like, hey God, like I'm right here too. Yeah. Like, hey me So honestly yeah, it was it was a, definitely a very trialing and
0: eye opening experience. What did you make of that? Like why? Why 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 did it happen that way? to where okay god didn't do it then for you. Sometimes I I I know like I know that when things don't work out the way I feel they should work out and then years later or whatever months later I look back and I could see okay this is how god was working and a lot of times god was working in me. Yeah. And so it's like a me thing. He's like, "Well, I need to develop your character." and you're stubborn Jessica. Mm-hmm. So so this is I'm going to use this in order to grow that. And then, you know, later on I'm like, okay, well, thank you. Thank you. Like I would not change that for anything. I wouldn't want to go back. But, you know, right. back oh, yeah. back to that experience, but I wouldn't change it for anything. Okay. Right. So, once
1: we got home and I had the first couple few procedures, um honestly at I, I was totally questioning the Lord and asking him like okay, God, like, what are you doing here? I've seen you heal. I've seen, I've prayed for people that got out of wheelchairs. I don't understand. And it finally got down to, I think, like, the root issue of my heart. And I felt like the Lord was like, there are some areas in your heart that you have cataracts Mm -hmm. on your your heart. And, like, through this eye, um, you're going to see clear. And, and so the greatest thing, I believe, that I saw clear in that situation was there was, there was a day that I had gone to the eye doctor and the, one of the procedures, we had just had the procedure and my eye was starting to close up, and, or the, the cornea was starting to close up and heal and then all of a sudden all of that new, uh, all new, all those new cells like sloughed off. And so it reopened the ulcer which actually made it deeper and bigger. And so when I came back from that experience at the eye doctor, I was just totally crushed. And at that moment, I remember doing had to go to work. And so he, he brought me back home and I was in my living room. I was like, oh, what are you doing here? And, and in that moment he was like, you're asking the wrong question. And when I realized I, was, I kept asking him, like, what are you doing? What are you doing? And he was like, you need to ask me who I am. Mm-hmm. And when I realized that there was a, big difference between what is he doing rather than who he is. And in that moment, I remembered, honestly, when I was a little girl, I used to fall asleep listening to Graham Cook. I loved his British voice. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he he talked about the nature of God and like the goodness of who he is. And I realized that who God is, is extremely consistent. Mm-hmm. But what he does is unpredictable. Mm. And when I put my trust in what he's doing, I will, I will always question it and I will always falter. And that's where, that's where doubt seeps in because it's unpredictable because you never know what he's going to do because he has, he has the bigger picture. Uh, And so in that moment, my heart began to realize that a lot of my trust I've put on what he's doing rather than who he is. Mm-hmm. And so then I realized that the consistency of his nature and of who he is is what I need to shift my trust on. And when I did that, it was incredible like how much mm-hmm. grace he gave me to walk through the situation. Mm-hmm. In fact, the doctors told me that the pain that I was going through uh, was going to be greater, was mm-hmm. greater than childbearing. And so, so the, 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 pain was intense. Like, I'm not going to oh lie. It was God. extremely intense. It was extremely boring. I'm an incredibly like adrenaline junkie. That would make junkie. not want to have yes. kids. <laughs> I was like, I mean, I love being outside. I love playing. And I mean, just an adrenaline junkie and not being able to do that. It uh, was so difficult. And, and through that, like he gave me so much grace to be at peace with what was going on.
0: And that was going to be okay. Mm. That's good. So you learned how to trust him at a deeper level when you don't understand the why. Right. That's, that's absolutely amazing. And so I know for, for, for us, for people who listen to the podcast, you know, um, we always struggle with at times, but a lot of times because we're human with the why God, why I don't get it. And then we want to get upset with him. Mm -hmm. We want to get mad at him and then, you know, kind of push ourselves away from him because uh because we're just upset with the outcome and so um i think in order to get to that place to where we are um to where we receive his better mm-hmm. to where we we receive his best we truly have to trust and 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 continue to walk with him right. hand in hand even when we don't get it yeah. because if we take the time and say well i'm going to let go of your hand because i'm upset and i don't get it and I'm going to put my hand on the situation Mm -hmm. and try to fix it myself, then we may veer off that path, and then we still blame God because we think, well, this is where he led us to. And that's not true. He never leads us to bad places. Mm -hmm. He's like, hold my hand while you're in the desert, in the wilderness, while you're confused, Mm -hmm. and even though you don't get it, I will guide you, and I've got you, and I will lead you to, to, to a better place. I know your heart. I know your desires. I know what you want. I know what you're capable of and I want to give you that best. But at the same time, your character needs to sustain that, that, that best that I have for you. So he's always like working in so many different areas at one time. And so we just have to really just trust and really walk out, um, uh, the, the truths, the, 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 the Bible that's in front of us, uh, living like Jesus, loving like Jesus, forgiving like Jesus, and we'll get to those, those places to where it's like, okay, I'm better. I'm, I'm growing. My, my situation is a lot better. That's absolutely amazing. Oh my goodness. Uh, I didn't hear all of that story before and I'm just sitting here <laughs> like, Oh my gosh, I, 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 man, it's tough. You know, I've had seasons in my life to where it's gotten difficult right. and I'm the, I will throw a pity party. And I'm like, you know what, I'm going to have a pity party for like one day. Or I'll be like, it'll be for three days, and I'm going to throw this pity party. But at the end, I'm like, I need to stop because Mm -hmm. all I'm doing is delaying what God wants to do. And I don't know anyone who wants to stay stuck, you know, stay in stuck places. Um, That's not fun at all. Mm -hmm. Not fun at all. Okay. All right. So if there was one piece of encouragement that you would like to give to the people who are going through tough situations, um, whether it's struggling with homosexuality or drug addiction or uh, just trusting God, whatever it is, what is that one piece of advice or what would you tell them to encourage them? Wow.
1: Oh, goodness. (laughs) One piece of advice. Or two or three, whatever. uh, The biggest thing for me when, when I was going through all that and, and even now with, some things that I'm going through now, I the biggest shift of mindset for me is thankfulness mm-hmm. uh, because I believe I actually I did this thing when I realized like who God is like I need to put my trust in Him. I I read this book A Thousand Blessings and I honestly I'm bad with, I'm bad with names so I can't remember <laughs> who wrote it but I read this book and it talked about being thankful. And the challenge was to write down a 1,000 things you were thankful for. And wow. so for 10 days, or sorry, for 100 days, I wrote down 10 things I was thankful for each day. And lo and behold, I was wow. laying in my bed most of the days. And so it was hard. it was hard to find things I was thankful for. And all of a sudden, when I began to be thankful, hope was produced. Mm. And so I feel like when any type of struggle, whatever you're going through, when you can find hope then you're gonna keep moving forward you're going to be able to see the positive things in life you're going to be able to grab hold of whatever the thing you're fighting doesn't become the issue but like the hope that you're moving forward to now becomes what your eyes are focused on and so honestly i believe that thankfulness is like the key to hope Mm -hmm. and and so Maybe my challenge is for you to start writing down things you're thankful for. That's good. Uh, so, like, Write down things you're thankful for and then begin to move forward towards the hope. Because when you shift your eyes off of your struggle and onto the hope, you actually begin to taste the hope.
0: Mm. Amen. That's good. Well, thank you so All much right. for joining me today. I super, super appreciate thank it. You, um, you guys, if you are checking this out on the podcast, please rate and review. Subscribe to me on YouTube. Thank you guys for tuning in to The Victory is Greater Than the Struggle. Uh, and um, leave, leave a comment. If you have a comment, uh, a question for Bethany, then please leave that um, and I'll make her answer them. I love you guys. I'll see you next time.